Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for November 10th, 2020. I've been teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming for a While. Actually, I've been teaching on faith and patience for months. And um, this is another volume, another installment of faith and patience. And so Greater is Coming is a series that I've been focused on the life of David. Greater is coming for you. As we've been studying the life of David, I'm able to tell you on a daily basis that greater is coming. And I say this in all sincerity, knowing that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. So if, as you open up your heart to those plans, as you die to self, as you yield to him, as you are determined to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, greater is coming for you. So this is part 62 of the series. The, the title of today's message, as we're learning to live by faith and develop patience. This is a real one. This is like, like I said, young people say real talk. Okay, real talk. The title of today's message is, dealing with setbacks and delays. As a born-again believer, if you want to maximize the purpose and the potential that God placed inside of you from the foundations of the world, you are going to have to deal with setbacks and delays from time to time, and you just can't be moved by them. You have to continue to press on, continue mission, Charlie Mike, and continue to believe God. So today, I'm going to cover 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. You ready? Here we go. So in yesterday's message, last message, David was appointed as the king of Judah, right? This was his home tribe. After Saul's death, he went home and, and it was the grace of God, right? The grace of God. God will raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you in ways that you cannot help yourself. David went home to Hebron. He was like, Lord, what do I do? He said, can I go home to Judah? It's like, yeah, go home to Judah. Matter of fact, go to Hebron. And as soon as he got in position, as soon as he got in alignment and he got to Hebron, boom, the men of Hebron came and said, hey, listen, we know that God sent you here and we want you to be our king. And so he was like, man, that was easy. And just like that, boom, he was a king. He had waited 13 years. He, he got the, the anointing from the prophet when he was 17. He became the king of Judah when he was 30. So he had waited 13 years, right? He finally became a king, but that's not what God said. When the prophet came to his house, the prophet said, you are king of Israel. What happened that night was he was king of Judah, right? So Judah was just one of the 12 tribes. So there were 11 other tribes out there. So he was like, okay, well, let's celebrate this victory. Praise God, I'm the king of Judah. But he still had to believe God for the rest. So what happened was, the Bible says with Saul dead, Saul being dead, right? And him being the king of Judah, uh, he sent word. When he heard that the men of Gabish Gilead had buried Saul, he sent a messenger to take this word. He said, this is what the messenger said from David. May the Lord bless you for being so loyal to your master Saul and for giving him a decent burial. May the Lord be loyal to you in return and reward you with his unfailing love 
And then the messenger is reading it. And he says, and this is from David. And I too will reward you for what you have done. Now that Saul is dead, I ask you to be my strong and loyal subjects, just like the people of Judah, who have just recently appointed me to be their new king. Oh man, that was it. Like David was not playing around. He was like, I'm ready. Sometimes you just, you're ready for your blessing. You know what I'm saying? He was like, listen, I've been waiting long enough. And so he wrote this letter and the, the letter was royal. It was regal. It was stately. It was political and it was direct. He was like, listen, uh, these guys just made me their king. Uh, may the Lord bless you for what you did to Saul. How about you guys accept me as your king too, right? And so he was just, at this point, I could just tell, I mean, like David was ready. Like he was just ready to be the king of Israel. And one of the 12 thrones had been given to him. And he just, he just knew that the, uh, the other 11 was coming. Like it was just going to be that easy. But as is often the case, it wasn't that easy. <laughs> and so as is often the case, sometimes things just don't turn out the way that you want them to turn out. So General Abner, remember General Abner? Um, General Abner was still around and, and he was still loyal to Saul. He didn't die in the war with the Amalekites. And so General Abner knew that one of Saul's sons, Ishbosheth, was still alive. So Abner took Ishbosheth to a town called Mahanaim. And there, Abner took it upon himself to proclaim that Ishbosheth was now the king over Gilead and Jezreel and Ephraim and Benjamin and the rest of Israel. And so just like that, the Bible says that Ishbosheth was 40 years old when he became the king of 11 of the 12 tribes. Dog, I mean, like he was that close. You know what I'm saying? And so now this left the nation divided. David was king over Judah, one tribe. And Ishbosheth was king over 11 tribes of Israel and everything was split. David was ruling his capital, the capital of Judah was in Hebron. And then Ishbosheth was ruling the rest of Israel from Mahanaim. And so now that's it. It wasn't what David wanted, but it's what happened. And, and I can tell you that how many times is, that's not what I wanted, but that's what happened. And so what do you do? What do you do with setbacks? What do you do with delays? What do you do? You're living by faith. You know that God gave you a word. You know that what God said has to be true. You know that God will never turn back on his word. You know that God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, he has to perform it. If he declared it, he has to make it good. But God, why is this happening? Why? God, I mean, what, what is going on? What are you going to do? We all have to learn how to deal with setbacks and delays. So what does this mean for you today? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for me today? I have four things uh, to share with you on this morning. And as I share these four things, I want you to rid yourself of all distractions. Four things. Number one, here we go. God never promised it would be easy. That's the first thing, right? So I have to I actually say this all the time, and I need to keep reminding you that God never said it's going to be easy. God never promised you like a picnic or anything like that. No, this series is about faith and patience. This series is about embracing the grace to become the man, the woman that God called you to be from the foundations of the world. This series is about maximizing your purpose and potential while you're in the land of the living. This series is about getting out of you everything that God put in you before you die, right? I mean, so it's about finding and following and finishing your purpose while you're in the earth. And for you to do all of that, you need the grace of God. For you to do all of that, you can never do 
what God has called you to do without him. So yes, it's about faith. It's about patience. It's about grace. You got to live by faith. Believe what he said. You got to develop patience so you don't give up. You have to embrace the grace to be able to do what he God called you to do. Because watch this. Without the grace of God, you can't do it. God's assignment for you is too big. The challenges that come will be too hard. And the setbacks, oh my God, the setbacks will be too frustrating for you to deal with without God. That's why you need the grace of God. You need the grace of God for all of that. God blesses us because of grace, like his goodness, unmerited, undeserved favor, right? But then the, the, the grace of God is not just for the blessing. The grace of God is, is also this empowerment for us to be able to do what we could not do without God. So yes, we are going to face challenges. Yes, life is sometimes difficult. God never said it was going to be easy. The challenges will come, but, but God did promise to always be there. He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He would never turn his back on us. He would never relax the grip that he has on us. So God is, God is on you and in you and with you and for you. And so, yes, that's what you, you have. Yes. Maybe you're facing challenges and watch this. Let me just say something about challenges. I said this other day while I was in the Dominican Republic. For whatever reason, sometimes Christians believe that because you're facing a challenge, that, oh man, I did something wrong. Oh, because you're facing a challenge, I must be outside of the will of God. And you know what? Church folk could do that to you too. Oh, you seen Sister Johnson? Mm-hmm. She's going through so much, she must have done something wrong. That's what Job's friends thought, right? Oh, Job did something wrong. Listen, at the end of the day, you can be right smack dab in the center of God's will and still face challenges. And matter of fact, the challenges may come because of your purpose. The challenges may come because of your assignment. But God never said, hey, it was going to be easy. No, God said, I'm going to be with you. And so if God is on you and in you and with you and for you, and his grace is on you, and you're facing it, God will never allow you to face something you cannot handle. The fact that you are facing it means that God trusts you with it. So you say, okay, God, your grace is on me. You never said it would be easy. I can do this. I was born for this. I have grace for it and you keep going. You got it? All right, number two. All right, uh, number two, if you want to become the man or woman God called you to be, you have to endure the challenges posed by your opposers. There will be people that come up against you. It's just going to happen. Listen, especially if you want to get anything done. If, if nobody's coming up against you, then maybe you're not doing anything. If you're going to do anything of significance in the kingdom, you are going to have to deal with opposition. You're going to have to deal with people who don't like you, people who put your name in their mouth, people who come up against you. As a matter of fact, young people today say, haters going to hate. <laughs> At the end of the day, haters going to hate. There's, it, your purpose will attract people to you that you need to get your assignment done. But watch this. But your purpose will also attract opposition. Your purpose is also going to attract people that rise up against you. After Saul was dead, David became the king of Judah just like that. He was like, oh, man, this is cool. I'm about to be the king over the whole thing. And just when he thought all the dominoes were going to fall, here comes General Abner. Abner stepped in, convinced the people, Ishbosheth should be king. And with that, Abner caused David a seven and a half year delay. Let me say that again. David was this close to the promise. David was this close to becoming the king of all of Israel. And Abner stepped in and Abner cost David seven and a half years. This is the kind of stuff that nobody wants to talk about. I don't like it myself. This is the kind of stuff that said, no, no, I, I'm, I'm standing on the promises of God. Yeah, I got you. But yeah, this dude came in 
and messed up David's life and he had to wait seven and a half more years. Now, it was still going to happen. The promise was still there. The only way you can lose is if you quit, right? If the promise is still there, it still has to happen. If God said it, it still has to happen. But it may not happen when you want it to happen. This dude came in and it cost David seven and a half years. Now, after seven and a half years more, after 13 years, now seven more? But it finally came to pass. Number three, delay does not mean denial, right? So here's the point. This is how we can learn from, you know, the people in scripture. Here you have David. He waited 13 years to become king of Judah. Now he has to wait seven and a half more years to become the king of Israel. But although he had to wait, he waited and it finally came to pass. He was delayed, but he was not denied. And the same is going to be true for you. Look, look at me. God reveals something to you about your future. Now, it's future to you, but as far as he's concerned, it's already done, right? So now you have to come in alignment with what God has already decreed and declared. You have to believe and receive what God has already done. And you have to hold on long enough to see the manifestation of it in the earth. So as a believer, you got to keep God's promise before your eyes. That's why you got to meditate and meditate on God's word day and night, because sooner or later, it's going to happen. Sooner or later, you are going to see in your hands what you've already seen in your heart. But you can't give up on it, though. The only way you can lose is if you give up, if you walk away, if you, if you throw in, if you have a faith failure, right? Your faith can fail if you give up on it. And far too many Christians give up before their time. Oh, man, it's taking too long. It took six months. Well, maybe it was supposed to take six years, right? Uh, it took six weeks. Well, maybe it was supposed to take, you know, six months. Whatever it is, you got to hold on until you see what God said. You're going to, and then say what God said until you see what God said and never change. Don't allow what you see down here to change what God said. You got it? All right, number four and finally, last point for today. You're, and I made this point yesterday, but I'm going to repeat it today. Last point. Your clock of expectation, let's be honest, is not always set to God's time for manifestation. It's just not. We're not that good. We're not perfect like that. So your, your watch of expectation is not always set to God's timing for manifestation. It's just not. So we have this internal clock where we're believing God for something, but come on, be honest. You said, well, I don't know when it's going to happen, but in your heart, you really like, man, I want it to happen now. And you have this idea of when it's going to happen, right? And so you want things to happen you, you, and you get your expectations up. Once Saul was dead and David was appointed to be the king of Judah and it happened so fast and it happened so easy, he was like, yeah, this is it. This is my season. This is my time. This is my turn. You know what I'm saying? He was like, oh yeah, it's about to happen. He got his hopes up. He got his expectations up and then boom, it didn't happen. And then David had to do what he, what he had been doing. He had to wait. And wait is a four-letter word for most of us. You know, we don't like to wait. One of the hardest things to do in the life of faith is to manage your expectations. That's what, listen, I'm just, I'm speaking to you from experience, right? Uh, one of the hardest things to do is to manage your expectations. You believe God, you pray, you meditate on the word day and night, you're reading your word, you're reading your Bible, you're decreeing and declaring, you're believing and receiving, you get your hopes up, right? You're like, oh yeah, this is it. This is my season, girl, this is my time, this is my turn. You get all of that and then you experience the sting of disappointment when it doesn't happen when you thought it was going to happen.
And I've experienced that sting more times than I want to acknowledge and more times than I want to experience. David, I can just imagine how David felt. Man, it had been 13 years. He had been through caves and, and attacks and spears and wars and all of this stuff. He was like, finally, my breakthrough is here. Glory to God. And then this dude steps in and he has to wait seven and a half more years. I know what that's like. And that sting is not easy. And you're like, mm, and you get frustrated and, and you cry sometimes and you get upset with God. And sometimes you talk to God and sometimes you yell at God, right? All of that is, I'm just saying, as a born again believer, you have to learn to discern God's timing and then align your expectations with his clock of manifestation, because if not, it's going to lead to frustration, but you just got to keep going. Amen. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. The truth is, I, look, I don't like to talk about what I'm talking about today, setbacks and delays, but it's part of the process. So let's close this message out with a declaration. I want you to lift up your voice and say this, say, father, thank you for being so good to me and for showering me with your grace. Your grace does not only flow to me in the form of undeserved blessings. Your grace is also on me to empower me to overcome every challenge I face on the path to my purpose. I know my life is not always going to be easy. I will face challenges and obstacles, but your grace is on me to overcome everyone. Now, Father, you have shown things to me about my future. I'm convinced that they shall come to pass. I have received these things in my heart and I will see these things in my hands. <laughs> now, they may not come when I want it, but they shall come. As a matter of fact, Father, as far as you're concerned, in heaven, it's already done in the earth is just a matter of time. So father, I declare by faith that I'm able to hear from you and to discern your timing. I align my clock of expectation with your time of manifestation. And the closer I synchronize the two, the more I will be in line with your timing and with your best. I don't live by what I see. I live by what you say, which is why I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you're like, man, I, I want your notes. No problem. I'm giving you my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So listen, go into this day knowing that setbacks and delays are part of life, but you have the grace for it. You have the grace to overcome them. You have the grace to continue to believe God no matter what. And if God said it, he has to do it. If God declared it, he has to make it good. It's already done in heaven. For you and I in the earth, it's only a matter of time. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.